Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. All right, all right. What's up, y'all? Y'all already know it's your girl, Ash. Welcome to another episode of Black Girl Interrupted. Tonight, I, I can't never get my damn hands right whenever I have guests on the show. <laughs> Tonight, I got my girl, Nicole. Well, AG, I got her with me tonight. So y'all shout out to my girl. She is going to share an amazing story with us tonight. But y'all already know, before I even jump into tonight's conversation... Y'all already know I got to do my mental health check-in. So drop in the comments. Let me know how y'all feeling tonight. What's good? Today is Thursday, one day after Cinco de Mayo. Tell me what y'all did yesterday. What did y'all do yesterday for Cinco de Mayo? Drop in the comments. Holla at your girl tonight. So, AG, welcome to Black Girl Interrupted, honey. How you feeling tonight? I'm good. You sure you're good today? Yeah. How has your week been? Let me know how has your week been. That's what I want to know. How your week been going? Busy. Because, you know, we moving. So we've been packing. And I've been deep cleaning. Finally throwing away a lot of old stuff. I got to sneeze. Hold on. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, don't worry Thank about you. it. Don't even yeah, worry but, about it. Man, that's it. Just, you know, packing. So what you did it. yesterday for Cinco de Mayo, girl? What did you do? Nothing. We um we nothing nothing really. We same old, same old. No time. I, mean, I can't I can't really drink like that because I'm you know I'm a diabetic and it spikes my sugar. Absolutely. Hey Yoshi. There goes my girl Yoshi. Hey sis. Tune in. Let me know how y'all feeling today. Y'all already know every episode. Y'all know I gotta do my mental health check-in. As y'all see, I am doing my my smoothie got my sea moss in it, y'all. I gotta get this health under control. Y'all know I don't smoke cigarettes no more. So you know I done packed on some pounds. So my doctor was like, uh, I'm gonna need you to go and get that blood pressure down. I'm gonna need you to get a little bit of that weight off. All of that. I love you too, sis. I miss you. Um, I need to link up with you because I need you to do some things for me. I, I don't want to uh announce. What I got going on in the works, I just want to pop out and do it. So, you know, when you see me pop out with my husband and, and my million dollars and all of that, y'all just, you know, just love on your girl. Let's see. I'm telling you, that's all I'm doing. Just, just stay tuned for what I got coming up. Just stay tuned for that. So, as y'all know, tonight I am talking about Steelbird. 
y'all know that is absolutely a conversation that um we don't discuss hey brandon brandon every time you pop up you you are let me before you know Brent, let me go and get you out the way brandon let, let me let me go on and and post your favorite picture let, let me go and get you get your right <laughs> brandon you already know that's that if i be damn picture you know that that's that i be damn picture that's derek chauvin that is the police officer that was found guilty on all three counts when it came to the murder of george floyd and that just so happens to be brandon's favorite picture that he loves for me to post so oh. that is that i'll be damned that's that face where i be damned they convicted me they found me guilty on all three charges so brandon you know i'm i'm a i'll post it again for you at the end or ig girl don't get me together, IJ. IJ. girl give me give me together okay you know us black folks, girl. You know we, girl. We'll tell somebody's name. <laughs> you will cut up somebody's name. Yes, sis. You already know that I'm gonna always continue to let God move me, um, in the right direction. You, you know that. Um, even when nobody else is clapping for me, I celebrate my accomplishments by myself. So, don't try to hop on with your girl when I make it to the top, cause that's where I'm going. Cause God says. Whatever I ask for, he is going to provide. So, mm, on that. Yes. I know. I know. Very sensitive. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Brandon, you already know. You you are so welcome. <laughs> Y'all should say that's the look when you know you the fucked up. <laughs> Girl, Derek Chauvin didn't know what the hell to do. He was like, I know y'all didn't. I know your niggas did not find me uh, guilty. But yes, we did, sir. We absolutely did. We found you guilty. And y'all do know his attorney is trying to file an appeal, excuse me, for a new trial because they say they don't feel like he got a fair trial because of the publicity um, surrounding the murder of George Floyd. But I think you're right where you need to be, sir. You can go to hell. With the rest of the murderers, I don't care if you were a cop, you are still a murderer. You murdered someone. You nailed on someone's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. So I hope that haunts you for the rest of your life, sir. Um, On that note, anyway, y'all keep tapping in. Let me know. Mental health check-in, y'all. Y'all do know that May is mental health awareness. And I need to know how y'all are doing. You know, y'all already know if my DMs are open. Send your girl a message. Y'all already know. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Y'all let your girl know that it goes down on Black Girl Interrupted every Tuesday, every Thursday. So, before I even jump in, back into what I was saying, um, tonight we are talking about stillbirth. That is tonight's topic. Um, as I stated on Tuesday night's episode, infant mortality is so high. We are 43, black women, we are 43% higher um, than white women when it comes to infant mortality. Um, shout out to the ladies that tuned in Tuesday night to share their stories. Um, I really appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much. 
and I do continue to pray for you regardless of how long it's been. Um, but I still, you know, I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you guys. So y'all keep tapping in. Y'all keep letting me know, like, mental health check-in, how you feeling, what's been going on, what's been going on. So tonight's topic, again, as I stated, stillbirths. Why would you take my gift away? I think babies are the most incredible gift from God. Um, y'all know, let me collectively get myself together because y'all, y'all already know I am the biggest crybaby in all of America. I think I cry at the drop of a hat. Girl, if I see a commercial, a Cheerios commercial, girl, I'm going to start crying. Um, but that just shows the um, compassion um, that I have in the conviction in what I do. Um, like I say, I don't do Black Girl Interrupted for monetary reasons or for clout. I do it because um, it has become my therapy session, therapeutic for me, and allows me to be vulnerable with no judgment. And y'all know I don't care if you judge me, but y'all judge Jesus, so whatever. But anyway, so at IG, did I say it right this time? IG! <laughs> Just call me what you know me by. Why that's I just me. call you Nicole? That's all. Yes, yes that's fine, <laughs> girl. Cause even and and it's so crazy. Even I don't know why I, you put that on there? Cause I knew you was gone. You was gonna miss it. <laughs> I know it. Even, but you know what? I've even when I first met you, girl, I was like, yeah, say her name right. I was like, man, I'm just gonna call her Nicole. I was like, it's just so easy for me to say, but I love your name. Yeah. I love the way it's spelled. It's so different. I love it though. So, but y'all keep dropping in the comments. Let me know how y'all feeling today. Y'all know. So, Angie, if is there a way I could change it? You want me to change it? Let me change it. <laughs> let, let, me, let me edit it for you. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> let me, let me. <laughs> oh my goodness. N I C O. L-L-E. There we go. There we go. <laughs> girl, because I'm going to chop up the name the whole episode. Girl, you're going to be mad at me talking about what? No. So, yeah. So, there we go. Uh-oh. All right. Now, I got all that together. I had to get my whole life situated over here. All right. So, back to what I was saying. So, tonight we are talking about stillbirths and why would you take my gift away? Um, we're going to, you know, tap in and figure out, you know, what is a stillbirth? What's the difference between a stillbirth and a miscarriage? Um, what causes a baby to be stillborn? How do you know you're having a stillborn baby? What are their signs? Are there ways to reduce it? And then how do you recover after a stillborn? So before I even get started, y'all already know, I already come with my, my informative videos because I know people are like, mm. so Hold tight. Here we go as we jump in. Let me move this banner out of the way. So here we go as we tap into a nice topic. As we dive into this topic of bias, we wanted to look at bias within healthcare. We found a startling statistic too. Black women are two to three times more likely to die during childbirth than white women. 
Looking at the numbers here locally in Kansas, of those women who die due to pregnancy-related causes, 70 per 100,000 are black. Compare that to white women who account for 22 per 100,000. In Missouri, the numbers are even higher, 92 for every 100,000 deaths involve black women versus 22 for white women. The increased rate is similar for infant mortality. Black babies, two to three times more likely to die at birth. While there are a number of factors that play into these statistics, some experts and advocates point to bias in healthcare as being a contributing one. And it's not just African Americans. Latina and indigenous women are disproportionately affected too. 41 Action News anchor Caitlin Knute has stories from two women who say bias left their lives forever changed. Although it's been eight years, Sapphire Garcia Lise can still remember the excitement surrounding the birth of her second daughter, Ella. Everything had gone perfectly fine with my pregnancy. And then I got to 38 and a half weeks and I noticed that she wasn't moving as much. Garcia Lee says she visited her doctor and shared her concerns, but was told that was normal. So despite a nagging suspicion, she returned home only to seek out a second opinion at the hospital two days later. They did a sonogram and they couldn't find a heartbeat. She had passed away in utero. And it turns out that she had her cord wrapped several times around her neck and her blood supply had cut off. Heartbroken and devastated, she delivered Ella, knowing there would be no first breath, no first cry. Holding her stillborn daughter, she says she couldn't help but wonder if her race prompted the doctor to disregard her concerns. And if they had caught that in time when she was still moving some, then I think that she probably could have been saved. Research shows women of color are more likely to experience bias in health care. Some experts say this dates back to the 1800s when James Sims, often referred to as the father of OBGYN, performed experimental surgeries on enslaved women without anesthesia. So historically what that has done is that has created a bias that black women can take more pain that they're stronger. As an assistant professor with the University of Kansas School of Medicine, Dr. Sharla Smith presents this very topic to local medical providers. So there's an assumption that if you're black, that you're from a particular community, you, you're uneducated, you don't have health insurance, you don't have a good job. Um, and so you don't have the knowledge to actually know how to take care of yourself. For Kansas City mom, Izula Maximillan, she's convinced this bias prevented hospital staff from taking her seriously when she went to the emergency room, suspecting her intense pain was the result of another ectopic pregnancy. When I spoke to the admissions officer, I told him that I was pregnant, that I've had ectopic pregnancies in the past and that I'm having one right now. And he told me to go wait and sit down. According to the Mayo Clinic, ectopic pregnancies where a fertilized egg implants in the fallopian tube can cause life-threatening bleeding. But Maximilian says that day, besides giving her a drug test, no diagnostic tests were done for four to five hours as she floated in and out of consciousness until finally blood work came back showing she had sepsis. And that now they wanted to do an ultrasound and figure out what was going on. And um, when they did the ultrasound, they were able to confirm that there was, an, there was a burst in my fallopian tube. She'd lost half her blood supply due to internal bleeding and was rushed into surgery, but not before she first said goodbye to her young son. I do remember him, you know, like saying that he loved me and me telling him that I loved him and being concerned it was going to be the last time that I saw him. 
after the surgery, she recalls opening her eyes with a sense of purpose, vowing to share her story so no other woman of color experiences the trauma she endured. These are just some of the stories being shared with doctors here in Missouri and Kansas, and they've caught the attention of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, or ACOG. So what I would say to these these folks who are sharing their stories um, is that I believe you and that ACOG believes that this is a is a problem within our own practice and the larger system of healthcare um, and wellness. Dr. Colleen McNicholas adds while education and accountability are a necessary step, there's more that needs to be done on a broader level. You know, simple things, expanding Medicaid, having access to preventative care, looking at what access in rural communities, for example, looks like. That's where the Uzazi Village, a nonprofit in Kansas City, helps fill the gaps. What we're trying to do is reverse those health outcome uh, trends and help uh, our community families have healthier pregnancies and healthier babies. Uzazi Village works directly with women and families, offering them prenatal and postpartum education, resources, and support, including providing expectant moms with doulas. A doula is a professional labor support person, so a professional labor coach, uh, except that our doulas are also trained to work with women during pregnancy and in their postpartum periods. For Garcia Lise, it's a service she knows well. She became a doula in Wichita after losing Ella. Also, she could better advocate for women of color and their babies. I've seen clear-cut cases where the work I do as a doula has paid off with a better outcome for the mom or the baby. It's a fight to help others that keeps her motivated and helps keep Ella's memory alive. Caitlin Canute, 41 Action News. Oh. What do you think about that, sis? Oh. You know, when I watched that video initially, I was like, damn, are we really, like, why do they do us like that? You know, why, why do we have limited resources to healthcare when we're pregnant? Why do we go in and, and you know, when you tell them, hey, I'm, I've been having a pain, I've been this, that. And they say, oh, it's just natural, you know, it's just your uterus opening up or those are Braxton Hicks contractions and they don't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, that again, that goes, like I say, why would you take my gift away? So as we roll into tonight's topic, like I said, I brought Nicole on tonight. I've, I've been knowing Nicole for quite some time, for quite a few years. Um, and I, I've just really seen her flourish. I've seen her grow. I've seen her overcome a lot of obstacles. So I wanted to bring her on tonight to share her story in regards to stillbirth. So before I even let her tell her story, let's first answer the million dollar question. A stillbirth, what is it? 
Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on must-haves to make spring your season. Like twirl-worthy dresses for $79.99 and under. 50 to 65% off effortlessly cool suits from Tommy Hilfiger and more. And 65% off Charter Club damask sheets and bedding. And get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. You want me to answer it? Yeah. Oh, um, it's basically where you deliver a baby that's not alive. Um, there's no resuscitation. There's none of that. It's just a lifeless baby. Whew. I just salute you for your strength and you being able to do that. I know there's no timeline on grief. So one of the things I want you to know is do not ever let anyone tell you that it's been X, Y, Z amount of years. You need to get over it because you carried a baby full term. You felt this child move. You heard this baby's heartbeat. I mean, you had little Jay, like, and for him to just <sighs> let me just collectively get it together before you tell your story. Let let me just. All right. I got my Kleenex. I got my, my Kleenex, so I, I'm 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 ready. You know. Um my sus Angela says hug sweet mama. She said with much love, a mama of a stillborn baby boy. So you're not alone in this. You're not the first. Not the last. You're not the first mother. And you're absolutely not the last. This this happens so often, so common. All right, y'all. I'm trying to hold myself together. I know. Because, I know. I know. Because when I saw, when you first announced that you were pregnant, oh my God, I was so excited for you. You was the first one to, to congratulate me, anything. And it's crazy because when we did the whole procedure, I didn't think nothing of it. 
I did it and was just like, oh, well, I mean, it is what it is, you know. And so for both of us, to, I, I was happy, but, you know, Rissy was more like emotional, kind of like shocked or whatever. But I was happy about it because I had at the time that it happened, I had got tired. You know how you build relationships with people, kids right. and stuff like that. And they do little evil stuff like, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep my baby from seeing you and you can't see my baby no more. And I just got tired of that. So I was just like, you know, maybe it's just time for me to have my own. Mm. And so when it came back, you know, that I was actually pregnant, I was just like, it's my time now. And you would have been a wonderful mom. I mean, like I say, I have seen you grow. You have come a long way. Long way. From. <laughs> so to give y'all a backstory on me and Nicole. So me and Nicole met in Fort Bend County Jail. And it was something about her energy, something about my energy, and we just vibe. So I got out before she did. You know, she really kept me encouraged and uplifted. Um, and even her girlfriend, you know, we we just all kind of just hung together. And so when I got out, um, she was like, well, what's your address? I'm going to write you a letter, you know. And, and, you know, when people tell you stories like that, you know, you're just like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I got a letter. And I still have that letter that she wrote me. <laughs> and to this day, we are still, oh, my God. How long has it been? That was, like, in 2012. Yeah. So, like, eight years, nine years, eight, nine years. Yeah. So I've seen her grow. I remember she was, baby, that was about about it. She was ready. Box anyway. <laughs> Baby, that, that temple was, was zero to a thousand. That's why we was both in jail because of these temples, these mouths. But she's really calmed down a whole lot. She's grown. She's matured. She's become a woman. She was already a woman, but now she's a woman woman, you know. And so when she told me she was pregnant, I was like, oh, my God. I just, I knew you were going to be a wonderful mom. I knew this. I knew it. And so I watched her journey. I watched her as, as she went on. And um, the day she delivered, I was just, I fell back from her because I really didn't know what to say. What do you say? A lot her? of people did. A lot of people did. Right. It was like, what do I say? What do what do you? You 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 have troubles trying to put your words together because you don't want to come across um, callous or cold hearted or you know not sympathetic. So it was it was a lot. It was it was a lot, and so I watched her as she buried her baby. I saw the pictures that she posted and I just still didn't know what to say. But um it's 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 about you. So again, y'all tonight we are talking about stillbirth and what is it? So Nicole is is whenever you're ready. And I and I wore yellow tonight. Y'all know I've worn the blue and I've I had the blue and pink lipstick. 
Um, but I, I wore yellow tonight because it's a gender neutral color. And I wanted to know that babies are absolutely sunshine. You know, they are the gift. Yellow is bright. It's bold. So that's why I put on yellow for tonight. So I'm no longer going to speak. This is Nicole's show tonight. So Nicole, whenever you're ready. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll start like with the whole process. Um, my baby was conceived through a at-home insemination. Um, like I said, when we did the whole process, I didn't think nothing of it. I wasn't expecting it to go through. You know, it was just something we did. Um, so for me to find out, we was at home. And that morning I woke up and I was just like, I'm supposed to start my cycle today. I haven't started my cycle. Um, steady running, trying to catch it. And I knew the next day I had a doctor's appointment. And um, my appointment was for um, me to get my third dose of um, the HPV shot. So I, you know, I just waited and I was just like, maybe my cycle gonna start late or something like that. You know, me not thinking the whole time, oh, I could be pregnant or anything. In my head, I'm steady saying like, it's too early to test and stuff like that. So I was just like, I'll just wait till my appointment. So um, me and my girlfriend went to the doctor and um, she was in the waiting area and I was in the room. And, you know, when you get your, um, go to get your shot, you have to give do a urine sample. So I was sitting in the room and I texted her and I was like, dang, you know, she's taking a long time to come back in here. Normally it's just like five minutes afterwards or whatever. So when she came, when the nurse came in, she was like, um, well, Miss Wilkinson, you can't get the um, your last dose today. So I was like, why? And she was like, oh, I bought the urine back and I bought you a test. So I was like, a test for what? And she was like, uh, I'm going to let you do the pregnancy test by yourself. So I was like, okay. So she gave me the urine and I stuck the stick inside the cup. And when I say both of the lines were like really pink, they were like pink, pink. So I put the cup down and I ran out the room and I went into the waiting room. And so um, my girlfriend was like, what happened? Like, what you running from? And I was like, you won't believe what I just saw. And so the nurse came back and she was like, well, um, let's just finish the paperwork and then we'll set your first appointment and stuff like that. So I did all the paperwork and I made my first appointment and we left. So we left, we went to, um, I don't know if you know, it's a place called Kim's Tea House. And, um, we went there and we were sitting at the table and like, you know, we sat across from each other so that I could see her face or whatever. So I was like, what's wrong? And she had her hands like covering her face, like, like, well, I couldn't see it, but you could see like the little tears come, coming down. I'm like, what's wrong? And she was like, oh, I'm really just happy. Like we finally about to have our own kid and I don't have to worry about being attached to nobody else's baby. And mm you know, going through the whole separation of them and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm really happy. <laughs> so after that, we was just like, well, we'll wait. Um, we'll wait a while before we finally announce it or whatever. So um, after I waited, my first appointment, I found out I was four weeks and two days. And um, yeah, 
So the whole time I'm thinking it's too early to test, I could have been found out. You were already 32 days, girl. Oh my yeah. God. And so every morning, it, for some reason, I was getting up every morning, like at seven o'clock, and I was taking a, a new test every morning just to see the lines, like to see if they were still going to be bright pink or whatever. And it was, they were coming up like, I went to the the night before I started taking the test, we went to Family Dollar, we went to Walmart, we went to CVS. We bought three different brand tests. We bought <laughs> the first response, clear blue, and just a regular little cheap test just to make sure. And all of them, the digital ones came up pregnant. The ones with the lines had the two pink lines. And we was just like, it's real at this point. Like, it's real. So then, um, you know, they schedule every four weeks. So then four weeks went by and I went to the first appointment and I heard this baby's heartbeat. And I just knew, I just knew. I was just like, ain't no turning back at this point. Like, this is what we want. Yeah. So then I, um, I text my cousin, like, this is like my favorite cousin. So I text her and I was like, I'm pregnant. But I didn't want nobody to know, so I was just like, don't tell nobody. Well, her having a sister, she told her sister. And at the time, they mama was really sick. Like, she was really, really, really sick in the hospital. And basically, they just had it in their minds like they mama wasn't going to make it. And it was a, a very hard time, like a sad time for my family. My grandma was very sad. Um, she was just, like, stressed about her sister and stuff like that. So um, my auntie had lung cancer really, really bad. Like it was mm -hmm. to the extreme, like stage four to the point where she was going to pass any day. And when I walked in that room after my appointment to see her like raise up out the bed in her face, it was just like she knew I had some good news or, you know, something, mm -hmm. you know, to uplift her spirits while she was in the hospital. And that whole day, my grandma said that she was just laying there. Like, she wouldn't talk to nobody. She wouldn't interact with nobody. She was just, like, giving up. And when I walked in there, my grandma had walked out. And I had whispered to her. And I told her, I was like, I'm pregnant. And she was like, I'm not going to say nothing. And do you know, till this day, my auntie passed away and did not say anything. Like, she took that to her grave with her. About me being pregnant. But you know they say when a person is leaving, another life is coming. Yes. Yes. Wow. And I thought about that. And I was just like, she she went to her grave. And, and when she said she wasn't telling nobody, she was not telling anybody. She didn't tell nobody. And as time went on, you know, I started to show more and more. My grandma was just like, oh, you gained a lot of weight. But I never said nothing. And one day, this is crazy because we were just talking about this last night. She was sitting on the phone with her friend. And they were talking about her friend granddaughter pregnant. Mind you, I had been taking all them tests, but I was saving them. So while I was listening to their conversation, I went and got the Ziploc bag with the test in it. <laughs> and I said, well, here, I got to show you something. <laughs> And she was just like, girl, go play that prank on somebody else. And I was like, I'm not lying. Like, this is not a joke. And two days later, I had another appointment. 
that that appointment, I got an actual picture, like an ultrasound. So I went home and I took it to her. And she was like, I'm about to have another great grandbaby. And I was just like, I told you I went lying. And from that point on, like I had, I didn't have to do nothing. Like she just wanted me to sit down and just rest and right. don't do too much and make sure you do this and all the midnight, middle of the night cravings. Rissy didn't have to do nothing. It was, I got it. I'm gonna go get it. Uh, you can sleep with me. I want you to sleep. And I'm like, I'm 23. Like, what do I need to sleep with you for? I need to know y'all okay. And I just want to make sure you comfortable. And I'm just like, I appreciate it, but no. But I did after a while. Um, my auntie ended up passing while I was pregnant, and it was I took it really hard because I felt like um I was there majority of the time. My cousins, they didn't know how to really be there for their mama. And she she got to the point where she couldn't talk. And so they didn't understand her and it was frustrating to them and it was frustrating to her. But I, you know, I'm really good at reading lips. I, I can read right. back. And um, you know, I was able to be there for her a lot, even though they kept telling me because I'm pregnant, I wasn't really supposed to be in the room and stuff like that. I just felt like I just can't like I can't leave like this, you know, and I don't want her to, you know, leave uncomfortable. So we kind of I want to say not built the bond because we were already close, but it got like tighter, you know. So um, after her, you know, her passing and stuff, we thought, you know, like I had to kind of like try to get my mind off of it because of they didn't want me to put a lot of stress on the baby and stuff like that. So I did kind of cling to my grandma and I did sleep with her and stuff like that. But after a while, she was just like, uh-uh, your belly done got too big. And uh, I feel your baby kicking me in the back. Just, <laughs> you got to go now. So I'm like, okay. But um, through all my doctor's visits and stuff, it was basically everything was smooth. Um, all the tests came back good. Uh, we did the genetics testing, all that, everything. Like, they really didn't see no signs with nothing. I took my glucose test at 12 weeks, and then I took it again at 24 weeks. Yeah, because you're a diabetic. Yeah. So you had to do yours twice. Okay. Uh -huh. But while I was pregnant, and before I got pregnant, it was nothing. Like, I never... Um, when I tested, when they would do the test for me at the doctors, nothing came back. Everything was good. And that's what I was going to say. When I took my glucose test, nothing came back that I was a diabetic. So they treated me like, you know, I was a regular patient. I wasn't high risk during my pregnancy, none of that. And um, the only thing was I noticed that every time I would go for my four-week um my four week appointments, the nurse would always be like, "Like you getting too big, too fast." Mm. You know. And by the time I hit thirty weeks, morning, noon, and bite. It's buy one get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Choose from a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, and hash browns. For lunch, enjoy a McDouble, McChicken, six piece chicken McNuggets, and more. Buy one get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. 
With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. I was already complaining about my pelvis hurting. It was hard for me to walk. Um, my feet have swelled so big that I can't even wear shoes anymore. Wow. Like I had to literally go to my appointments in socks because I couldn't wear no shoes. That's um, gestational diabetes, isn't it? Yeah. It and that's uh-huh. And so um at 30 weeks they started me to do NST testing. Basically. Um, it's basically to, ch- to check like your fluid buildup, um, to make sure your baby is active over a five minute period. And like, they make you drink like something cold or something to make your baby move and stuff like that. If not, then that's a sign, um, to where you need to be monitored or either put on bed rest. Right, right, right. And, uh, by my BMI being high, they started doing the NST testing at, yeah, it was at 30 weeks. So I was already kind of like on a, okay, I need to be more careful. I started walking early and stuff like that. I tried to be more active, you know, so that it wouldn't increase over the times. But like the nurse kept saying, like four weeks, your baby is getting too big. When I was 32 weeks, he was already like five pounds. And, a, and the doctor had already told me, she was just like, if I let you go 40 weeks, you you liable to have a 10-pound baby. If not bigger than that. Yeah. So yeah. by me complaining to her, telling her, you know, it's hard for me to walk. It hurts. Like, in my hips and stuff was hurting. You know, he had dropped. So that was even more pain on me. It was just like, I, I can't go no further. And she was right. like, well, if you could go past 35 weeks, then we'll schedule you to induce. That's the way it all turned around at. So I made it to the 35 weeks. I made it to 36 weeks. Mm. During that time period, I noticed like, so he would really be active when I would drive. Like if I'm driving, he's really active. If I'm just sitting, he's really active. Watching TV, he's active. If I lay down, he shifts to one side and he move, 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 move. And sit on girl. Ooh, don't I know yeah. that. And the bed was very uncomfortable. The only way I could sleep at night was on the floor. If I slept on the floor, I was comfortable. But the bed, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with the pains, none of that. Um, on January 28th. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. January 26th, which was a Friday. I went to the doctor. I started having my appointments weekly by then. So um, I went to the doctor and while I was sitting there, they, they did my NST test first. So she put the monitors on me. She monitored his heartbeat and his movement, his basically his activity or whatever, over a five minute period. So she sat me there. I drank orange juice and I had some graham crackers because they have a little snack table right there, you know. Um, so she, I'm sitting there. I got the monitors hooked up. He moving. But in the midst of all of that, I was having contractions. They wasn't Braxton Hicks. They were contractions. I didn't feel them. 
and I didn't feel uncomfortable either. But they were on the monitor and they were coming every five minutes. Um, when a nurse came in, she was like, you don't feel that you have contractions? I was like, no, I just thought maybe he had tightened up, you know, whatever, maybe balled up in one spot. Right. Mind you, this is my first time experiencing it. So I don't know what a contraction feel like. I don't know what to look forward to. You know, they tell you in the beginning, oh, this is what a contraction feel like. And you hear people's stories, oh, them contractions feel like uh, period cramps and they this and they that. But I don't know what to look for. Like, I don't know as far as my body, what am I supposed to be going through? Right. So she was like, well, every time you feel your stomach tighten up and then loosen, then that's a contraction. I sat there, she stood there, and she watched it. A whole nother one came. Then they started becoming back to back. But she's like, you're not in no pain. I was like, no. She was like, well, we'll just monitor you for 30 more minutes. And then if they still are constant, then I let the doctor know. So I said, okay, well, I sat there. The doctor came in. She was like, uh, I just want to check your cervix. I got my cervix checked. I was two and a half centimeters dilated. Um, and she said that she noticed on the, you know, the little paper that prints out. Right. Um, every time he was having, I was having a contraction, his heart rate would drop. Drop. Yeah. And when the contraction was over, it'll go back up. Yeah. So she said, well, uh, we'll just go ahead and deliver today. I was just like, okay, so I was already 30, 35 weeks. Yeah, I was 35 weeks. Yeah. And uh, um, she was just like, yeah, we could deliver today. Um, If not, you know, once you get to the hospital and, you know, the contraction stopped and they're not even five minutes, then we'll just wait until Monday. To induce you. Yeah. And so she um she called the hospital and um she talked to them in labor and delivery and she told the the uh the what I want to say um the front desk the people at the front desk at check in she was like um Wilkerson's coming y'all go ahead and prep her for delivery and she was just like I'll be there tonight but I won't be there now she was like but just make sure y'all go ahead and prep her for delivery. She turned to me and she said, go there now. She told the lady on the phone, she's like, she's on her way. I called, first I called, who did I call first? Oh, I called Rissy first and I told her, I was like, well, um, the doctor sending me to the hospital. I think I'm going to deliver either today or tomorrow. And so she was like, well, I'll just meet you up there. I called my grandma and I told her, I was like, well, um, doctor told me to just go on straight to the hospital, not to make no stops, just go straight there. Right. So I did just that. I got there. You know, they put you in a triage first. Mm hmm. So that you had to be monitored and all that. So whatever. So Rissy was already upstairs on the third floor. And I, when I walked in, the lady was like, oh yeah, the, the doctor called. So we waiting on you. So I'm thinking, okay, like, shit finna get real like it's time yeah the baby's coming today yeah like he's so I'm like wait yeah so I'm I'm panicking or whatever and she was like you gotta relax like you have to relax I'm, I'm just like I got everything but I don't have a car seat I don't have a stroller and Risa was just like we could get that afterwards like just chill like you know like, just I don't need you to relax I need you to yeah take off because 
I was, you should have seen me. I'm laying I'm like, oh, I got to call so-and-so and see if they can go get this. I need them to go get this. And they was just like, I can leave. Just chill. My grandma, just relax. If I need to bring this, I'll bring it. You just need to relax. So I'm like, okay, let me just lay here. Finally, I was just like, let me just go to sleep. So in the midst of me going to sleep, they woke me up. And um, when she came and woke me up, she started an IV. She said that I was dehydrated. Mind you, while um, while I, while I was laying there and she started the IV, she was like, after you finish the bag of fluids, then we'll determine, you know, what'll happen next. Mind you, I'm still laying there and I'm still having contractions. They wasn't every five minutes, but they were still coming. But it was more like over like a 20 to 30 minute period. So I was just like, okay. So I went back to sleep. I woke up. My whole right one was just ice cold. Ice cold. Like it had been stuck up in a freezer. So I'm just like, my arm, like I told him, like, my arm is like freezing cold. And she's like, oh, that's just the fluids. And I was like, I never heard of that. And she was like, oh, well, uh, baby looks good. And uh, you were just dehydrated. You finished the fluids. You're good to go. She was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get the uh, discharge papers. And uh, yeah, you're good to go. So let so me I'll ask you this before you finish the rest of your story. Had your mm -hmm. water had your water broke? No. Okay. My mucus plug hadn't even came out. So, I mean... I know when I was pregnant with my son. No, was that my daughter? My son. Um, I was dehydrated, so I was having contractions like that. And then, you know, they went to every 20, 30 minutes and they sent me home. So, mm -hmm. And that was on New Year's. And I, 20 days later, I ended up having my son. But yeah. they had to take him. But go ahead on. I'm sorry. I, I just, I wanted to know, had your water broke? Had your mm -hmm. water come out? None of that. Everything was still intact. Wow. And um, so when she said that we could go home, we was both looking confused. Like the doctor called. I watched her call. I heard the conversation. I'm supposed to be getting prepared for a room. Like this is why I'm saying like, like my mama said, it was a Friday. Right. First of all, who wants to be dealing with a baby on a Friday. Delivering a baby on a Friday night or possibly yeah. one, two, three, like on a Saturday. Uh -huh. My whole thing was I felt like she was just trying to get me out of there so that she could leave because it was already like at 5 o'clock that I had been there. She was trying to leave or either she just didn't want to deal with me. Right. But we both argued with her, like, no. And I told her, I'm not going nowhere. The doctor said for me to stay here, I'm supposed to be prepped for delivery. This is what I'm saying. Do you know this lady went and called the security of the hospital and told the security that she got my discharge papers and are trying, she was trying to give me the papers for me to leave and I was refusing to leave. So I explained to the man what happened and I told him, I said, my doctor called and said that I was supposed to be getting prepped for delivery. Right. He was like, well, if they uh, checked everything and everything looks good, then I said, no matter what look good, you basically going against my doctor orders. Right. 
So Rissy was like, at this point, let's just go back to the doctor's office. I walked back in the doctor's office. The receptionist there was like, what you doing up walking? You're not even supposed to be up walking. You're supposed to be getting ready to have a baby. I said, well, here go my discharge papers, and they sent me home. She was just like, no. Like, you could tell in her face, like, she knew, like, anything bad can happen that's going to fall back on the doctor's oh, office right. and the people at the hospital. Because the doctor specifically said for me to go and be prepped for delivery. So she's like, well, let me try to call a doctor and see what she wants you to do. So she called her and she talked to me on the phone. She was like, how do you feel? I was like, I feel fine. I'm not in no pain. You know, I'm okay. He's still moving. I feel him moving. You know, what do you want me to do? She was like, well, if they discharge you, do you think you can hold off until Monday? And we'll definitely induce you. After your appointment, we will definitely induce you. So I was like, okay, cool. Monday was the 29th, which is my birthday. So I was just like, okay, that's fine. You know, it's cool. Um, I'm just going to go home and just lay down, you know. So that that whole night, Rissy stayed up the whole night. And she was like, you okay? How you feel? Do you feel him moving? Is he moving? I'm yeah, he's fine. I feel him. You can feel him here. Rub my stomach, whatever. We just trying to make sure everything's still normal. Right. We got woke up uh, in the middle of the night. My grandma had to go to the hospital. She went to the same hospital. They treated her like shit. Uh, she had an IV in her arm that exploded. They left it bloody. Uh, it was just a lot of neglect going on at that hospital, and it was you know, like I said, it was the same one that I was supposed to be delivering there. So I'm thinking, like, I don't want to deliver here, like, I'm afraid, like, I don't want to do this. No, um, the next day, uh, I went, I went home that that morning, it was like six o'clock, and I turned around, I took a shower, and I went back up there. My grandma was, like I said, she was in the same hospital, but on the fifth floor. So when her nurse came in, the nurse seen me laying on the couch, and she was like, uh, you look like you in a lot of pain. I was like, no, I'm just tired. You know, uh, I'm supposed to be getting induced Monday. I'm trying to wait it out. Right. And she was like, uh, where do you go to the doctor? And I told her, and she was like, oh, they deliver here. And I was like, yeah, I know. And she was like, well, maybe let me see if you can have your appointment here. You know, just go downstairs for your appointment. So I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I really don't even feel like leaving at this point anyway. Right. Uh, so she went and she called somebody. I don't remember who she called, but they were just like, oh, no, because she has NST testing before her appointment. She have to go to the office. So I was like, okay. That was the morning of my birthday. I just I still, where I'm lost at is... Why are they sending you on this wild goose chase? You know, here you, you can't do Back nothing. You gotta send you to the doctor because at the hospital you would think that they could do the NST test. Mm -hmm. That's just what I'm thinking. But I'm not I, a we was confused too, and we were we were totally confused. And my grandma said the same thing. If her doctor's office deliver here, y'all have access to the files. 
Right. Everything that's in her file at the doctor's office, y'all have it here. Right. So whatever needs to be reported, it can be reported here and y'all can send it back. Electronically. And, and that's typically what they do. Any Well, that's what they're supposed to do is they communicate electronically. Like mm -hmm. they are, you know, they electronically transmit your files over there or whatever it is that they need to do. Um, so they know when you come in, they know who to look for, you know, and say, okay, yeah, Nicole is coming in on this day at this time. She'll come to floor three or, or, or whatever floor you deliver on. So they already know the doctor's orders to go ahead and get you prepped, you know, take your vitals, do your lab work and stuff like that and, and get your setup, get you put on the monitors. This, this, okay. Go ahead and finish because <laughs> I got a lot of questions. Uh-huh. And uh, so that, that like I said, that morning, it was the morning for me to schedule for my induction. It was my birthday. I had canceled everything. I canceled. That day was supposed to be my maternity day shoot. We were supposed to have a little dinner party uh, slash a little baby shower. I canceled everything. Right. So And I was just like, you know, uh, the people who I booked with, you know, they was like, oh, well, we'll just refund you the money back because, you know, it's not your fault, you know. So, um, uh, she in was time, not to interrupt you again, but in this time, are you still feeling the baby move? Is yeah, that's not going to tell you the whole ride home, super active to the point where I feel like he was supposed to come out while I'm driving, super active. Tell her, no, we need you to stay in there. Not while I'm on the interstate, baby. I need yes. you to roll out. And I'm just like, okay, I'm finna go home, take a shower, give me some orange juice, because I know I need orange juice for my test. Give me some orange juice and go straight to the doctor. The doctor right. was like five minutes from the house. So I was like, between time, please still be active. I got there. I checked in. I sat in the waiting room for like 20 minutes. And I... You know, I'm sitting up, you know, basically, you know, just playing with my stomach, like, wake up now, don't go to sleep now. <laughs> and she called my name. So she was like, yeah, you ready? Today going to be the day. We'll give you a, a induction time. And she was basically telling me everything. Don't eat after this time. And make sure you do this and make sure that I'm like, okay. So I went back there. She was like, uh. We're going to do your NST first, and then we'll do a last ultrasound. So I'm like, okay, this is it. I get back there. First, she put the contraction monitor on. Mm -hmm. the, little then, pink blue, the little pink and blue stretchy thing with the big yeah. old ass girl. Yeah, she put, the, uh, she put the contraction monitor on, and then she went to look for his heartbeat. While I'm laying, I'm, I'm sitting up. So she was just like, uh, he's supposed to be at the bottom. So let me see if I can find him at the bottom. So she reclined the chair. So I laid back. She was still moving the monitor across, 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 across. She's like, well, let me call another nurse to come help me. She was like, maybe he's just, he got his back turned, you know, and I can't find it. So I was like, right. okay. So another nurse come in. And she was like, uh, turn to the side for me. So I turned to my side. I turned to the left, turned to the right. They were still moving with the monitor, still moving, still moving. So I'm like, okay, let me just prepare myself for whatever. Then another nurse coming in. 
And she was like, well, last time I found it around your navel. Um, so maybe he right there. So she put it by my navel, still nothing. So all three of them nurses left out. I was just sitting in the chair like, uh, okay. What's going on? Yeah. So then in, in like the, the way they had the doctor's office set, it was just like one chair here with the monitor, another chair. Way in the back is like a stretcher with an ultrasound monitor. So the doctor came in and she was like, um, let me get you to go lay on the stretcher and we'll do an ultrasound. So I was like, okay. So when I laid down and I lift my shirt up, she turned the screen away from me. So I'm like, uh, okay. Any other time, you know, I'm able to see what y'all see. Right. So I laid there and I closed my eyes and, uh, she while she had the monitor on me and she was looking at the screen, she was standing there like this. So I was like, What happened? She didn't say nothing. She was like, Let me help you up. So she helped me up. She was like, Can you go in the other ultrasound room? So I'm like, Uh, okay. So she's like, When you go in that room, I need you to take your bottoms down. So I was like, Okay. I had dilated two more centimeters, I was four centimeters. Still no water break, still no mucus plug. So the coochie just opened. You just walking around and coochie just four centimeters. Oh Lord. Yeah. So you know how they had the screen, the big screen in front of you. She cut it off. She cut it off and she turned the monitor again where I couldn't see it. And then she finally she took a deep breath and she was like, uh, when you pull your bottoms up, can you meet me across the hall? Mind you, I've been going to this doctor since I was 17. Me and this doctor have a we here kind of relationship. Right, right. This doctor can tell you everything about me with her eyes closed. Right. So I'm just like, okay. Like, if it was anything you would have told you, you know, I figured she would have told me from the jump, you know. I'm at this doctor's appointment by myself. I told her recently, I'm just like, you know, you could go to work. Uh, just when you finish, uh, you get off, just come to the hospital because that's where I'm going to be. Right. My grandma was like, well, I'm going to make you a meal and all this. So everybody's doing stuff to kind of prep because they all expecting like, okay, she get induced tonight. She's going to be at the hospital. We're going to be up there. So let's just get prepared. Right. Because we're going to have this baby tomorrow or tonight. He coming tonight or tomorrow. Either way it goes. We everybody had it said. My cousin them text. Let us know when the baby get here. We coming up there, and I'm just like, okay, oh, all right. So when she told me to pull my pants up and meet her across the hall, I walked out the room, and you know how on by the door it have the little squares, right. and it says consultation. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna go over here and schedule what time I need to be at the hospital, sign some papers, and this is gonna be it. Right. I opened the door. I opened the door. The nurse that told me I was pregnant, that confirmed my pregnancy, was sitting in there, and she had a box of Kleenex, and she was crying. So I'm like, "What's wrong with you? Nothing has. It didn't click yet." So I'm trying to figure out what you're crying for. She was like, just have a seat right here. So I was like, uh-uh, no. I stood up and I was like, no, right. I don't want to sit down. Uh, yeah, let me go stand up because I what's going on? Yeah. Like, hello, like talk to me. Because now was- at this point, you're scared, you're nervous. 
You don't know what the hell is going on. This I is your started, like my thing. hands were shaking. I, they were sweaty. Right. So she was like, just, I need you to just have a seat right here. And I was like, no, I'm okay. I just want to stand up right here. I'm okay. So um, the doctor came in and she closed the door and she was just like, this is hard. And I was like, can y'all let me out of here? Like, please just let me out of here. Like, I don't know. My anxiety is at a thousand. Because yeah, just, just let me out of here. And she was like, no, Miss Wilkinson, you have to stay here. You have to listen to this. And I was just, I closed my eyes and I was just like, just going on to tell me, just tell me. And she was like, uh, we couldn't find a heartbeat. And I went black and hit the flow. When I got up, I had a knot sticking out the, the my forehead about this big. And at that point, I'm asking her, like, what happened? Like, how? Like, how do I go full term and get to the end and he don't have a heartbeat? Like, what happened? And she just grabbed me and she just hugged me, like, really, really tight. And I was just like... Somebody got to know something at this point. Like, how do I just walk out of here without a baby? How can I, everybody else coming in here, finna go deliver. And here I am walking out of here crying. Y'all telling me I can't drive. Um, Somebody got to come pick me up. You know, like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, well, where do I go from this point? And she was just like, um, is there any way possible you could call somebody to come and get you? Uh, we don't want you to drive and I'm going to stay, stay in here with you and stuff like that. So it really, it, it kind of brought me and my sister back together because me and her weren't even talking at the time. And that was the only person that I knew that I could call. And so I called her and I was just like, my baby passed away. And so she was like, what? Where are you? So I'm like, oh, I'm at the doctor's office and they won't let me drive. Um, I need somebody to come get me. So she's like, I'm on my way. She got there in like two seconds. I don't know where she was, but she got there like two seconds. And when she came in, uh, she just like ran to me and just grabbed me and just hugged me. And like we both was crying. But I looked at her and I asked her like, how could this, like, how could this happen to me? So she started asking the doctors questions and they was like, basically, we don't know what could have happened until we do an autopsy and stuff like that. So she was just like, um, the doctor was like, uh, the, I had to hurry up. Basically she wanted me to hurry up and deliver the baby because she didn't want me to uh, get no type of infection and stuff like that. And, uh, so she said for me to come back that Wednesday Mind you, my grandma's still in the hospital. And to have to call her and tell her that, it was just like, no, this ain't going to work out. So we we ended up leaving. And I just told them, I just need some time to think about it. I don't try to make me go and just have the baby now when I should have been having it when you sent me to have it. Right, right. So I was just like, I just want to go home. I just need to get out of here. Like, let me go. So she was like, well, can you come back uh, Wednesday and we'll schedule your induction for you to deliver the baby? She was like, you have to hurry up and get him out. Uh, we can't uh, keep letting you walk around like this. And I was just like, but how, how did this happen? Like, I was just 
feeling him moving on the way here. I went home, he was moving. She was like, oh, that could have been the fluids. And I'm like, what? And so we left. And my sister was like, hell no. Nah. We, we not just going with that. No, 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 no. So we went to the hospital. Do you know, excuse my language, do you know these bitches had the audacity to tell me when I went on the third floor, I went to the window. I walked up to her and I said, I need to like double check. Like I want a second opinion. I, I want to make sure. This bitch told me, oh no, it's fine. The doctor's office already called us and told us. We already know. So you know how they have all their little office stuff all decorated in front right, of the window? Right, right, right. My sister slammed all, like she took her hand and slammed she all that. And she was like, I don't give a damn. Like she want to see it, let her see it. So the lady was like, okay, okay, I'm so sorry. I apologize. She was like, let me find a nurse that can give you an ultrasound right away. And I was just like, yeah, like I, I need to see this. Like, like they didn't I, I need to make sure. I want to see it. Like I want to make sure. Oh, yeah. So another nurse came out and she was just like, I'm so sorry that you know you being treated this way. Um, she was like, just come with me and I'll do your ultrasound for you. And she was really sweet, like she was really sweet. So we went to the back, she gave me some uh clinics, and she was just like, I just want to let you know, like it's gonna be heartbreaking. And I was like, you know, okay, I I, I mean, how much more broken can I be at this point? Right. So she turned the screen around and he was just laying there. You know, normally you see the little the little thump. It was nothing. It was nothing. And at that point, I knew like it's real at this point. Like I don't have a baby anymore. And so we we waited there and um I, I just was like, I need to leave. Like I just want to leave. And so Take your turn. My grandma was upstairs. I love And she was basically arguing with them to like let her leave to come and check on me. And when I got off the elevator on the fifth floor, she was basically like tussling, you know, with the nurse, like, I need to go check on my granddaughter. And I couldn't do nothing but like just stand there and just look at her like she wanted to come check on me, you know, like. And when I ran to her, she was just like, I'm so sorry. But like I told her, it's not nobody's fault. It's not nobody's fault. And at first, when it happened, that whole night, I blamed myself for it because I felt like when they pretty much neglected me and what I was saying about, you know, my doctor told me to come here. This is where I'm supposed to be, like, arguing with them. I should have went to another hospital. But like I was saying, this is my first child. If you you the doctor. You know about this. You've been doing this. You experienced with this. So if you tell me one thing, I'm going to listen to it, you know. And I, I'm going off of your word, your judgment. And so um, 
that that night it was just like it was really hard for me you know and that's when i started feeling all the pain right. all the, the contractions i started feeling them and i didn't get no sleep i didn't sleep at all um i just was up you know just up trying to see what maybe i would feel a movement you know that's actually real or something like that um they was just like, well, let's just go back to the hospital. Let's just go. And I'm like, it's pointless. For what? Um, and then the next day, we went and scheduled the induction. And it was, uh, I went on the 30th at like 830 that night. And while I was there, I just had to give it to a raw and uncut. I don't want no monitor on me. I don't need it. What are you monitoring? Right. Just, you know, just let me be here. Let me deal with it, you know, until it's time to go through the whole process. You know, I don't want all y'all coming in here. Just let me deal with it. So uh, my grandma called me and she said a prayer. My sister came. It was just me and Rissy. And she had never, neither one of us never dealt with nothing like that. Right. So we both sitting there basically just numb. She stayed right there. Uh, and it was just like, I don't want to leave you. You, I, I don't, you know, every time somebody came in there, like she stood over them and watched everything. everything. Yeah. And I had two of my friends came and they brought flowers and stuff, but you know, they was asking me questions, but like I told him, like, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, this is new to me. Right. And uh, the nurses that I had, well, she was really sweet. And uh, it all, I guess it was, it was just a, a stressful process to have to know, like, I'm finna deliver a baby and it's not going home with me. Right. And when they put me in the hospital, it was more depressing, more stressing. I had to tell them, can y'all at least take the sign off the door? It was just like, it, it was, I don't know, it was a horrible situation. Into the whole delivery, I don't wish that on nobody. I don't wish that pain on nobody. It's a lady and know that they had to break his neck to get him out. A C-section was not given to me as an option. It was it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. That's why I tell people all the time when they say, oh, my labor was hard and it was this and it was that. No. Because compared to what I went through, I, I don't think no label is worse than that. You steady telling them, I like, first of all, you know it's going to be hard for me to be delivering a lifeless baby. A normal delivery, you have help because that baby wants to come out. Right. My situation, I didn't have no help. He was just there. So you forcing, you grabbing and you forcing and you pulling on me and you tugging on me. I'm screaming. Sound like somebody killing me. And instead of you saying, okay, let's just stop. Let's just do a C-section and be done with it. You're going to force me to deliver this baby. 
I've got ripped on the inside and the outside. From point A to point B. Couldn't sit up for two weeks straight. It was just horrible. Then I go home and my stitches bust. So I got to turn around and go back and get restitched. Yep. And it was just like, it, it was horrible. The whole, I didn't even know um, when that happens that the police come up there. Morning, noon, and bite. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Choose from a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, and hash browns. For lunch, enjoy a McDouble, McChicken, six-piece chicken McNuggets, and more. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. The police came and just totally invaded my privacy. So I had what I want to know is because I, I want to hear the rest of the story. Why mm-hmm. the police? Why did the police have to come? Because they they give you a um, you have to have a report number because they want to make sure that abuse wasn't the cause of death. Oh. Um, um, alcohol. I didn't sustain no type of injuries and stuff like that. But it's the way that they went about it. I hadn't had that baby uh, 45 minutes. Right after I had got my stitches, my numbness hadn't even went out of my legs. I, it's a knock on the door. Everybody had to get out of the room. I'm still there crying. And a, a lady cop come in and she was like, I need you to stand in the middle of the floor and uh, put your arms out. You walking around me. I'm like, what happened to the respect? The first of all, that, like, where was the empathy? Where was the. It was none of that. I'm so sorry. It was none of that. You know. Can we come back at another? I'm, I mean, you know, just I'll come back tomorrow. None of that, right? Let me Good. give you a moment to to process all of this. I mean, yeah, but again, there's no timeline when it comes to grief. You know, I had a, I had a um before I got pregnant with with Chase because again, I, I want to hear the rest of the story. I want you to share the rest of the story, but I had a missed abortion. So that means the baby died in utero. Like there was no heartbeat. I was supposed to have been 10 weeks and the baby died at eight weeks. So I had to have a DNC. They had to go in and they had to to clean it out because the baby was, and I like you, 
I was like, no, nah, we got to do another ultrasound. Nope. 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 I know my baby and I did. Nope. Nope. And I'm like you, you know, was hoping that maybe somebody got it wrong somewhere. Maybe your machine is broke, you know, but I, I just. Yeah. It was, it, it was nothing. I just. It did. She wrote the the report, the incident number, and all that, and handed me the paper and walked out. That was it. And and not to take up for the police, but I think, you know, when, when you have to come in and you have to do things like that, especially in regards to infants, you have to somewhat. I guess I feel like she was it was it wasn't like I understand you really don't know what's going on, but you could tell like her attitude, not when she walked in. I need everybody to get out. Right. Like these people here support me. We trying to, you know, uh they trying to be there for you. Yes, what that happened, you know, and right. stuff like that. But I need everybody to get out. If you're not the patient, you gotta go. So we was all like assholes. What? Yeah, I'm just trying to do my job so I can leave. It's all on video. It's all on video. It's all on video. And then the nurse that was working in the nursery, I had to get ignorant with her. You got a deceased baby laying in this bassinet. And you're going to take him out in the hallway. Not have no type of respect for me. None of that. And you want to take him out and I cover him. None of that. But why, so, not, why not roll him out in the, you know, the, the little, the little, the little. You got a basket outside the bed. Right. She's going to take him to the nursery to do his fingerprints and his footprint. Weigh him and, and clean him up because we were going to dress him. Right. She wanted to just take him like that. Not let me put a blanket over him or anything. None of that. So I told her, matter of fact, don't take him nowhere. Whatever you got to do, just do it right here. Yeah. If they don't. I I just don't even want you to even have to deal with him one on one. Because you y'all have shown me no respect at all prior to now. So. You don't even have the common the deep. Let me say this: you didn't even have the compassion or the empathy to show some type of respect to my son. Okay, he may not be alive, but this is still my child, and I need you to show him some fucking respect. Period. That's why I tell people that hospital. I would never. I would never. I remember I would, you telling me this. I would never. I don't give a damn if I was dying on my last leg. Don't take me there. Right. So let me ask you because I want to know. In that moment. Let me let me get it together. Let me, let me, cause I, I, I'm.
when you held your baby. First off, let me tell you that I love you so much. And I'm so sorry you had to go through all of that. Life is so unfair. When you looked at him, what did you say? Because that me? baby looked just like you. Let me first say that. Let me say that me? baby. I don't know if y'all can see you before. Is it a glass? Yeah. Ooh, girl. Oh, yeah. It was... Not, I mean, the first, I want to say 15 minutes, I couldn't do nothing but just look at him. And I looked at him just to see, like, it really, what really, let me just go back. What really broke me, broke me, was because in my mind, I had it. Set to well, okay. I'm gonna deliver this baby. They're gonna take him instantly, they're gonna take him to the NICU, and they're gonna try to resuscitate him. Right? I got a possibility that I can get my baby, and there's a possibility that it's just nothing they can do. But when I got to the end and I heard the nurse say, He almost like he almost out, and I just I, I knew, like, okay. I got I got a, a chance, you know, I got a I got an opportunity. And she said, she turned, she looked at me and she said, when he come out, you want me to put him on your chest or what you want me to do? But then when I heard her say he's stuck, I knew then and there, it is I don't have a chance. Right. So I asked her, I was just like, uh, don't 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 put him on me, please. Because that's only going to just mess me up even more. So she said, well, we'll just take him and put him in the incubator. So I said, okay. But when she wrapped him and gave him to me, it was more so on like, "This, this is it. This is it. So I, I just sat there and I held him. Uh, I was tired. I didn't really just, you know, feel no type of way. I was numb. You know, I didn't know how to feel. I cried being the simple fact that I'm hurt because I have to leave here and I can't take my baby with me. Right. Like, this, this, this is all I have. I've gone this long. And I've enjoyed the whole way only to leave with nothing. So in that moment, you're questioning yourself. In that moment, that's what you're doing. It, it It was horrible. So... 
Ooh. And here I am. You know when I'm. Can you uh give me a minute to go get some tissue? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead on. So, y'all, that's this is so heavy and so deep. I just, you know, I, I, I remember, like I said, I, re, I remember her journey. You know, when she got pregnant, she was posting, and you know, she was so excited you know about the baby and she was like well i'm having a boy and i was so happy for her and it's like i say i didn't know what to say to her you know it's like what do you say to somebody that just lost their baby What do you say without sounding insensitive or, or cold or callous? It's like, what do you say? You were just absolutely wrong. And again, so this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's also Mother's Day, the month of May. So every episode for the month of May is going to be something in regards to being a mother. I just want to know your mental state after that. It was. So, so let me let me let me go back just a a, a moment because I, I again I want you to continue I want you to finish. So you're holding your baby, you're looking at him, you're talking to him because I know you are. I know you're talking to him. You you, I love you and and everything. I've just got to collectively get 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 my mind together. I, I because I remember this. I remember this like it was yesterday, and it's been. I just never thought like I would go through something like that. Never. I mean, the whole time I actually. And a lot of people always ask me, like, how is that possible? I actually had a wonderful pregnancy. There was never a sad moment. There was never, you know, a bad time. I always had fun. You know, I was always smiling. That was just a, a happy point in my life, actually. You know, because before I found out I was pregnant, I was doing all kind of stuff. Right. I didn't know, you know, but I didn't have a purpose, so I was just doing stuff. Right. 
it that when I found out I was pregnant, that slowed me down a lot. A lot of the people that I was hanging with when I told them, hey, I got I can't do this while I'm pregnant, they went on. And I was fine with that. I chose to make sure that, you know, my pregnancy was good. Everything, you know, went on with it. So I just was like, okay, bye. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you're not trying to stick around and hey, it is what it is. So for that to happen, I'm just like, at that moment, I'm thinking, this is my punishment for all the wrongs that I was doing. Uh, uh, this is my fault. It's your fault because it is. It's your fault because of that. And and I I really like I was telling you I made Rissy feel like she was shit. Right. I made her feel like she was shit. That was your hurt. That that's and you know I've learned that's a part of grief is the anger. So you were entitled to have those feelings because you were grieving. You know, here you are. You just lost your son. Not your baby. You lost your son. So, it is, I mean, there are different levels to grief. You know, and I know anger is one of them. Um, losing someone, a, a child, you know, it, it's like losing a parent. So, I get it. I understand. I, I totally understand. I lost two babies. So I totally know where you are, where your mental state was in that moment. No, there's there, there's no difference in the pain. It hurts the same. You know, whether you have a miscarriage, a, a stillbirth, whatever. The pain is the same. So I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, girl, you know, I... I know that pain. I felt that pain twice. I get it. And, and in that moment, you're like, what the hell did I do? What did I do? What, what could I have done differently? You know, did I eat the wrong thing? Maybe I shouldn't have drank this on this day. Because now you're now in your mind, you're going back to every day that you were pregnant. Dang, I remember I ate, I went to Taco Cabana and I, I got the, the nachos with, with extra jalapenos on it. Maybe I shouldn't have ate that. Now you're questioning yourself. Now you feel like you failed. But I'm here to tell you, you haven't. And it's been, what, three years now? Three? Yeah, three. three. Yeah. Three years. And, and, and another thing I want you to know, there's no timeline on grief. And I know you still have those moments. And you're entitled to have those moments. Even 10 years from now, I know you're still going to have those moments. And that's okay. So don't you let anyone tell you, well, girl, it's been three years or, or you know, and this and this. Because it was like, and I don't know if this is how you felt, but I know when I got pregnant with, with Chase, Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on must-haves to make spring your season. Like twirl-worthy dresses for $79.99 and under. 50 to 65% off effortlessly cool suits from Tommy Hilfiger and more. And 65% off Charter Club damask sheets and bedding. And get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.
At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. I felt like I was being disrespectful to the two babies that I had lost. Because I, I felt like, you know, well, maybe my babies feel like I don't care. And here I am, I'm just having another baby, like, to forget about them. But I never forget. So I want you to know, you grieve as long as you have to. You're still a mom. You're still a mother. I'm still going to recognize you on Sunday. I'm still going to recognize you on Thursday. You're still a mom. You have an angel that went with your auntie. That's where he is. He's with your auntie that that left. You know, she's taking care of him. They're mm -hmm. both watching over you. So we move forward. The funeral. Did you ever do an autopsy? Did they ever determine... Yeah, uh, so um, we had to, well, after I had him, we were able to, we pretty much spent the entire night with him. We got to take pictures and stuff. We dressed him. But because that hospital didn't have a morgue, we had to wait on the one in the medical center to come and uh, transfer him. Right. So we pretty much got to spend the night with him. And stuff like that, which I, I really appreciated that part. Uh, afterwards, it, it was, I didn't really have a hard time with the burial part because, I mean, it, it did come at a hard time because we had already spent all the money on all this baby stuff and, you know, the last minute little things and stuff like that. But my family actually pulled together and, you know, some of my friends and we came up with the money. Uh, we decided to do a direct cremation because the cost of the funeral would be extremely high. And like the director explained to me, if you decide to do a service, it's nothing really can be said because nobody really knew the baby. Right. It'll be different versus a two-year-old, a three-year-old, you know, six months where you can sit up. You could have said something, you know. I still believe, you know, you could have said, uh, I don't know. It, he was basically looking at the cost of it. Oh, okay, okay. And by us having, you know, set up the GoFundMe and stuff like that, he was really just trying to look at, you know, as far as like the financial side of it, which was understandable. And he did. Um, actually go out his way. Normally he would have charged for it, but in my case, he did dress him and bomb him and stuff like that and let me see him one last time. Right. Oh. Before the cremation, me and Reese were able to go and you know, we saw him one last time and that was it. 
It wasn't a long time, but you know, I got to, you know, see him from the time they came and got him from the hospital. And then and he also explained to me, you know, he's not gonna look the same either. But he said, I try my best to make it presentable. Because you know, his skin had, you know, peeled and stuff like that. And that same color, it, it wasn't. And the only image that I do have is the one from when he let me see you. And I told him, I was like, well, I appreciate you for, you know, caring enough to know, like, this is going to be the last time I see my child. Right. And he was just like, this the first baby I've ever had to deal with, you know, because when we, when we called him, he thought he was like a one or two. He didn't know he was going to pick up a newborn. So he had got the casket and stuff prepared for an older, a bigger you know, older baby. And when they called him and told him, no, it's a newborn. He said, well, I, I can't do that like that. I can't just, you know, take this baby from the morgue and then just, you know, you know what happens for uh, the cremation. He was just like, I, I can't do that like that. I, I gotta, and I have it in my heart, you know, to fix this baby up and let the mama, you know, the people see them one last time. My grandma didn't want to see it because she had already went through that with her sister. So I, you know, I completely understood. And that's just something I wanted. I didn't ask nobody else if, hey, y'all want to go with me? This is for us, you know? So, and you I needed that closure. I, I think that was the closure for you. I think that was the acceptance part for you. That was the, I feel like that was the first part of my, me grieving with it. Okay. Okay. That was the first part because when I went home, I had to, after the hospital, I, I, I made them let me go home. It was very depressing. It was horrible. To lay there the next day, your baby gone. You hearing all these babies around you crying. The mamas is crying. I just couldn't deal with it. I went home. My blood pressure was sky high. My numb, my legs were still numb. They wanted to keep me overnight, and I just refused. Please, if you don't take the IV out, I'm going to take it out, and I got to go. It, it was it the going home part was the hardest. I don't want you to roll me in a wheelchair. None of that. Just let me walk out of here like a normal person. And I did. The nurse was like, "Well, I I just walk downstairs with you. That's fine, but I'm not. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I I don't want none of that." On the way home, I was fine. I didn't cry. I just sat there. When I got home and walked in that room, is when it all came. You were numb. Yeah. And it hurt it the most. The neighbors and everybody that was there at the gender reveal we had and stuff like that. When they saw the car pull up, they all came to the car. Where the baby? Where the baby? There's no baby. I don't have a baby. Nobody. 
Yeah, nobody didn't know what happened until I felt comfortable. And I said, well, now I feel like after a couple of weeks went by, I feel like I don't have to go into detail, but I can let you know what happened. Yeah, just the baby passed away. and just That's all you got. Right. I, I don't want to sit and, and explain to you because here it is two weeks later, three weeks later, a week later. I'm still having to deal with this. Mm -hmm. My body is is going through these changes and I'm still left without my son. And, you know, uh, a girl I went to school with, same thing happened to her. Her baby passed and she had, she delivered a stillborn. And she said, actually, she said, I don't even know how I could go back to work. She said, because everybody has saw me through my pregnancy and then here comes the questions. Where the pictures? Where the baby at? Girl, I want to see. And then it's it's like you it bring you back to that all over again. Here you go, and you have to relive that day, or you have to relive those moments after, or the the moments that led up to it. And you're like, I can't do this. But you can't shut yourself off from the world either, because you know at some point. We got to come out and, and, and we have, you know, it's like, you know, when my dad passed, um, I still sit in my house. You know, I don't open the blinds. I didn't open the blinds. Like, I just, you feel safe. And, you, and I only whole, Go ahead. The whole, whole appearance change. What I look like now, I didn't look nothing like myself. I lost so much weight. I, my hair started coming out. I started pulling it out. It was just, it, and my grandma, me and my grandma are like this. Like, you know that. We we are really close. And Damn. like she told me, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to give you, but I'm going to be here for you. And that's when that woman did everything in her power to make me feel comfortable to try to help me gain, you know, get back to myself, even though I just went through that. You know, me and my sister wasn't talking, but I guarantee you, she never left that house. When I got home, she never left. Anything I needed, she got up and she went and got. And I, I, you know, I couldn't do nothing but thank them. That's all I could do. Right. I I told her I said it was it got to the point where she didn't want to leave me. She started sleeping on the floor in my room, and I told her I said you can get in the bed and you know you don't have to sleep on the floor. She said no, nah, I'm fine right here as long as I know you okay. Right. But she needs to be, when you get up, like if you move, she needs to. You get what I'm saying. Be able to see, yeah. And it was just, you know, people came by. My grandma friends came by, but it was just like. I, I'm, I'm still not here. I'm here, but I'm not here. Right. You know, and uh, it took it took three months after that for me to start back eating, for me to come out the room, all of that. I I I I I, I just wouldn't. It wouldn't be right. It wasn't me. And then 
the day he called to come and get his ashes, it took me back all over again. And I thought about it. I said, you know what? He not here in his spirit. But this is it. This is him here. Right. So I kept those ashes for a year. And I, I decided, I said, well, you know, in my heart, this will be my closure to bury the ashes. Because this is what I originally wanted to do. But because the funds wasn't right, and you know, the man talked to me and stuff like that, you know, we agreed on the cremation. I still have some of his ashes, but majority of them, I buried them. And and that also helped with me grieving and accepting it. Because before then, I would wake up on my sleep, screaming and hollering, crying, blaming myself. It's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. I should have went and got another opinion. I should have went here. I should have went there. You should have took me here. Right. It took me a long time to stop that. Stop blaming yourself the guilt. That's great. And, and That's to just accept it, just to accept it. it, it was, it took a long time too. I tried okay. to do the whole support groups and stuff like that, but I just felt like it wasn't for me, somebody my age just experiencing it. It was more, the support groups were more for older people who had them lost their babies and had more babies mm. and stuff like that. And I just felt like, no, this this not for me. I actually walked out of one session well, I because I feel like you're not helping me. You talking about what's going on that didn't happen back in 1992. Right. Here I am today. These are 30, 40, 50 year old women that are still talking about. But like I say, there's no timeline on grief. You know, yeah. You're going to all. And I had to learn that. I had to learn that. I had to learn. And I, and I told my grandma, I feel like I, I should be over it now. For his first birthday, I, I told her that I should be over it now. I should be fine. I should still be walking around here crying. And she, that woman sat me down and had a long, long, long talk with me. Yeah. And she said, no. That wasn't your sister's child. That wasn't your cousin's child. That was a child you had. That was a child you had. Mm. A child that grew inside of you. That you carried. And she said, just because other people don't know how I feel, don't be you supposed to, you know, listen to them and go off their experiences. Everybody is different. And I went in there and I cried. I cried all night because I felt like you, you're an evil person. I feel like I really feel like I was evil for me to say I should be over it by now. You hadn't fully processed it. You pro what you did, boo, you suppressed it because that was not something you wanted to keep dealing with you felt like why do why you know he's i rushed it i feel like i rushed it because i was ready to get back to myself i wasn't really you know in the right state of mind anyway right 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 and i was ready to get back oh uh i want to go to work I wanted I wanted life to be normal. yeah back to my normal life and just get you know 
get get through this. But that wasn't the case. And like she said, it's gonna sit you down. It's gonna make you realize, and it's gonna open you up. If it takes for you to cry all week, it's gonna happen. And you can't stop. That's exactly what happened. You can't stop it. You're gonna exactly get a song. You're gonna see something on TV. You're gonna. You could just be sitting, and me and you could be talking on the phone, and it was happening. And you just have a flashback, and and here it comes, and it takes you back three years ago. And, and I try, I try my best. I try my best to like shake it, run from it. No, not not let it take over. But you know what really broke me the day the cemetery called, because you know. We had to pay on his headstone after his first birthday when we buried the ashes. We started paying on the headstone. The cemetery called before his second birthday. And the man said, um, your plot gonna be laid today. I said, okay. Richie said, let's go so we can watch watch them lead. No, we'll see it uh, when we go out there to do the balloon release and stuff like that. It's fine. She said, no, let's go. So I said, no, I don't want to go out there and watch that. I don't want to. So a couple of hours went by because she was like, uh, you want to go get something to eat? I was like, yeah, that's fine. Detoured and went right to that cemetery. Right where you needed to be. And when I say it broke me, it broke me. I had never. It came. It became real, real. Now it's it's real, real. It was real in the beginning, but now what can you do now? Yep. When I say it broke me, it broke me. So here we are, fast forward three years later. How are you now? Honestly. I... Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on must-haves to make spring your season. Like twirl-worthy dresses for $79.99 and under. 50 to 65% off effortlessly cool suits from Tommy Hilfiger and more. And 65% off Charter Club damask sheets and bedding. And get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. I don't really have the crying moments because when I feel like I'm having a hard time, I drive right to that cemetery. 
and I sit there and whatever's bothering me, I talk. And I tell a lot of people, yeah, to go back and, you know, talk about what happened. It's still, you know, not really hurt, but it's a sad story. And it, it, it sometimes I feel like it's, you know, it's a sensitive spot for me. Majority of the time, I don't, you know, try to tell, I tell my story to help other people because I have helped a lot of other girls. You know, like I told you, once it happened to me, I saw it every day, every day. It was getting closer to me. It was happening every day. So I figured I could deal with grieving better by talking about it. The more I hold it in, you know I me, mean? I like to talk. Yes. I can talk. So I use that to you know help me get through it and i also every day i woke up and i felt like i wanted to be depressed about it and i wanted to be sad about it i got down and i prayed and i asked god just give me the strength to get through it that was something i said every day i mean i still you know i i miss my my child that's you know that ain't gonna go away and i sit and i you know, like around holidays and stuff, I don't really be up to it. But I know I can't just sit around and, you know, be sad about it. You know what I'm saying? Like I always tell myself, God had other plans for me. Just because I wanted it right then and there. You know what I'm saying? He didn't. He felt like I wasn't ready for it. Right. You know, like I, I always tell people, before I, I got pregnant, baby, my life was, it was hell. Right. It was hell. I was headed down the road of destruction. I, I'm doing shit I ain't had no business doing. Oh, wow. He sat me down to make me stop, realize, and, you know, think about what you're doing. And then we're going to go on and go through this so we can, you know, grow you up like you need to be. Right. Because, see, this was a wake-up call. I take it as a wake-up call. And then the more you talk about it, the easier it is for you to cope. The easier it is for you to deal with because... There are so many women just like you, so many women just like me that share the same story and don't know how to deal. So you coming on here tonight, I wanted you to be the advocate and be the voice for a woman that has gone through it or is going through it and doesn't know what to do. Every day will get easier. Mm -hmm. Every day will. You just, you just have to take it one day at a time. Don't, right. don't, don't do like I did in the beginning and try to rush it because of what somebody else said. Right. Like I tell people all the time. I even had to talk to my auntie, and she forty something years old. But when it happened to her, I had to let her know 
just because your friends don't know about their life, that don't be you, you know, you bury your baby and you go on. No. Because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna tear you up. When it come back, it's gonna tear you up. It's just it's gonna tear you up. And it's a feeling that you don't wish up on your worst enemy. Baby, it's like you are it's an undescribable pain. It's it's like a you know how when you get food stuck in your throat and it don't matter, it's almost like it don't matter how much water you drink to try to get it to it, it's like it just don't move. That's 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 grief. You just learn how to cope. Yep. And that's what I'm learning, you know. Uh, I'm learning is how to cope. But I say this to you. Again, you don't allow anybody. Let me go back. Miss Angela says it's been 11 years for her next month. And she still grieves the loss of her son. She said, you take your time on your time. So I don't celebrate Mother's Day. Because I'm a mama 365, 366 if it's leap year. So Mother's Day is 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 nothing for me. I don't like holidays. Birthdays is is just a you know. So while all the other women are are out with their moms or whatever, I want you to always and still remember you're still a mother. You were Jay's mom. Not was or were, but you are. So I want you to still continue to talk about him. Even though you only had him for a few days, you're still a mom. You're still a mother. You still get up. You still celebrate him. You still talk about him. You still have your moments. If you need to cuss and you need to whatever you need to fucking do, you do that. Don't suppress it because it will eat you up on the inside. You know, remember what we talked about the other day? Don't feel bad when that happens again. You, you get what I'm saying? You know, when, when, you know what we talked about. Because it's not you forgetting Jay. You're not going to ever forget him. You're still going to have your what if moments. I wonder what he would be doing right now. He three. I, I know he would be still talk about him like he's still here because he's still here. Maybe not in body, but in spirit. He sees you. He looks, he's like, oh, look at my mama. My mama fussing again today. That's still your baby. <laughs> Go out there to that cemetery. Go talk to him. Tell him what your dreams were for him. I wanted you, you know, I just I just knew you were going to be a, a, a football player or something. He's still here. He's still here. You know, your son, 
He running. Girl, he probably tearing some shit down right now. <laughs> and I'm popping his hand. Sit down. Leave that alone. Get down. Stop. Get over here and sit down. <laughs> and that's how we going to celebrate it. Ten years from now, when he would have been 13, you're going to be like, girl, let me tell you what Jay would have been doing, girl. He, I probably would have had to go to the school and get him, girl. He probably would have been up there fighting, talking back to somebody. Girl, he probably would have been a straight-A student. Still talk about it. Still celebrate it. You know, one of the things that, that I'm learning in regards to dealing with grief, the mind knows, I mean, the heart knows, but the mind is what has the hardest time accepting it. It's almost like this ain't real. This a dream. Somebody, I'm going to wake up. And you push through. So I still, you know, still celebrate. I I look back and I'm like, man, my baby would have been 17, 16. My other baby would have been 13. And then here I got Chase, 11. So I do think about the what ifs. I absolutely do. And it's okay. It's okay. Break down if you need to. Cry. Write. Get back in those support groups. If that's what you need to do to help you along on your healing process, you do that. You don't let nobody tell you anything differently. And you hold on to every moment, every heartbeat you heard, every ultrasound picture, Every kick, every pain, you carry that with you. You hold on to that. And find a, a better doctor. Because I'm ready to slap out of her. I am. I mean, please go in and, and, Lord. But, so, let me go right here. Because we've already talked about your recovery. Because you're still in recovery. You're still in recovery. So, yeah. Today, you're still a mom. Sunday, you'll be a mom. Tuesday, you'll still be a mom. Wear that shirt. Loud and proud. Go out there and say, Mommy, love you. I know you up there acting up. You better be nice. You better be good. And if you got to have a cry that day, cry that day. If you don't want to be bothered that whole day, you entitled to that. If you don't want to go eat and, and go party and, and whatever with everybody else, you're entitled to do that. You do whatever you have to do to keep recovering. Because it's, it's, it's a process. And no, you're not going to, it's, it's not going to, that pain not going to never go away. You just, again, you just learn how to cope. You just learn how to deal. And if you're having fun, that don't mean you forgot about your baby. So yeah, you're entitled to have some fun. I see you on Snapchat. 
smiling, laughing. That don't mean you forgot about your baby. You have it, your fun. You still got to keep going. You you got you still have to live your life. It's people here that still need you. Your destiny, God has your destiny has not yet been fulfilled. So your recovery after your stillbirth, you're right. Get back, you know, and I stress it enough. Get into therapy. Get back. If you don't feel comfortable in no support groups, find a therapist that you can un unpack and unload your pain. Write down how you feel from day to day. If you woke up today and and today was a, a good day, right? You had a good day. Man, I woke up, man. I, I God gave me another day on earth. I had a good day. I did this. I did that. And even on the days that you have a bad day, right? And just say, man, I woke up today with jail on my mind. Me and my baby, we probably be at Herman Park on Sunday. Or we probably be at McGregor. We probably be at a barbecue somewhere. Write down. Write that down. So when you look at it five years later, or even six months later, you can see your growth and where you've gone in those six months. It doesn't hurt as much. I still dream about him. I still hear his voice. I still, you know, imagine what he sounds like crying. I can hear him crying. Write that down. Do whatever it is you have to do. That's your recovery. You do what is going to help you. Like I say, if you don't feel comfortable in the support group, do one-on-one -on -one therapy. Because you have to unpack, you can't carry that luggage with you. You have to unpack those suitcases. Because if you hold on to that part, how you going to give love to your new baby? You got to think about that. You got to be able to give love to your new baby. No, it's not going to be Jay. And I think that's a part that you struggle with. I think that's why you're prolonging the process. And then fear. That's okay. Be afraid. I was scared. I even went and bought a heart monitor. One of the fetal monitors. Because Chase wasn't active. She wasn't an active baby. But whatever God has for you, he's going to give to you. And you have to be ready to receive it. Because the new baby's going to need love, too. That new baby's going to need love, too. And mama's got to heal. But it's not you forgetting about Jay. It's not. So you remember that. You remember that. You pray on it. 
You're right about it. You're right about it. Jay will always be there. And then when a new baby comes and the new baby gets older, you talk to your new son about his brother. Or you talk to your daughter about her brother. That's what you do. Even though it was just a short amount of time, you tell him or you tell her, man, boy, with your brother, boy, I had heartburn, I had indigestion. Remember the good times. Because like you see, your pregnancy wasn't bad. And that's what Jay wants you to do. He wants your mama to keep going, keep moving. That's what he wants. So that's your recovery after a stillbirth. It's okay. So I'm going to let you go ahead and round it out. So I, I have one more question. What did they tell you were the ways to re reduce the risk of a stillbirth? What did they say caused your stillbirth, your baby, to pass? Um... When the autopsy came back, um, it was because his um, his blood glucose was high, meaning that I had gestational diabetes during my pregnancy, and it was overlooked and it went untreated, and uh, the sugar got into his bloodstream and went to his heart, and it was too strong for his heart. Okay, mom. Yeah. I walked up with him. Why are you sitting here? It, you like it like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to. Um, but I'm saying. Oh, he going to cut the light on. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, she like it like that? What the hell are you doing? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, you can still see me. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, I said, is she in the, the hell is she? See, that's why I didn't take the jobs from the screen so it messed with my eyes too long. I can't sit there. <laughs> and then you're in a dog with no. <laughs> I've been quit a long time ago. <laughs> and then you got the glass on too? Oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I be crying. I be upset. You, you think I'm crying? Because my like. Oh, they be burning. No, because it, it, <laughs> it's the strain that dog and then that scream. It don't mix. <laughs> I'm saying, why is she sitting there, damn dog? You could have pulled the screen or. I wasn't even thinking. When I started, it was. Still daylight outside. And when I walked in and, and why is she sitting in a damn dog? I didn't say it loud, it was in my mind. I, I, I hate to interrupt you, excuse me for that. But I'm just looking like, what the hell is she doing? Ah. <laughs> you heard my mind, I just didn't even thinking about it. Mm -mm -mm. You still from the store? Something? Uh, uh No, I'm fine. Okay. Thank you. Um, 
but they said that it had the sugar got in his bloodstream and it was too strong for his heart. So that's what caused his heart to stop. But like after when I went to my postpartum visit and, you know, my, the doctor talked to me about it, she was saying that it could have been he could have been saved. All of this could have been prevented had they just done what she said do. He probably would have had to go to the NICU for a couple of hours or, you know, a day or two. But once they got his sugar levels down, then, you know, he would have been good. Right. And that was just that would have been something, you know, that his pediatrician probably would have had to look for and, you know, treat and stuff like that. But it would it, you know, by me having it, it could have been hereditary, but nine times out of ten, it wouldn't have. Right. It would have been right. just like, you know, a one time thing and then you know, you find after that. Yeah, because typically with gestational diabetes, it goes away after you deliver, after, yeah. you know, after you give birth to your baby. And um, after that, after my six weeks, I took another glucose test. And instead, I didn't do a one-hour test. I did a two-hour test. Right. And I still had no diabetes. We didn't find out I was a diabetic until two years later. When I got sick at work and I had to go to the emergency room for work, and that's how we found out. So, like she said, it could have been, you know, all this could have been prevented had they done what was told. And she was so mad. Like she told me, out of my whole 38 years of practice, I have never had one of my babies to go out like this. Right. It was either you deliver, we resuscitate, or you deliver, we take straight to the NICU, and the babies are fine. This is the first for her to lose a baby. And on behalf of me, that whole staff is gone. And they should have been. The lady who was in the, the, uh, when I went that day, they sent me home. She had to deliver my baby. Was I nice? No. Was I cooperative? No. Did I give her hell? Yeah. Yep. Did I make her feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Did my family make her feel uncomfortable? Yeah. And you know what she did? She quit. And she should like I, like I told them, it doesn't matter. In this lawsuit, I'm not doing it because the money, I want money. Uh, you cost me. Yeah, you did cost me. You cost me my child. And there's no price tag on that. I can't get that back. Right. He's not coming back. So I'm going to cost you your career. I don't care about you quitting. You signed his death certificate. You signed his um uh what is it called? The little card they give you. Uh I the, can't even think of it. His the, birth facts. Yeah, that's it. The the little card that they put on there, like boy, link, you know, the height, the weight, all the yeah. You signed it. Your license number is on it. It's on his death certificate. And like the doctor told me, it don't matter where she go. As long as you got that license number, that's all you need. Right. Because it doesn't change. 
It doesn't change. So, I mean, it, it's just the thought of it. Right. And like, like she said, too, instead of them by my BMI being high, they should automatically off top think, you know, do a one hour test on somebody with a high BMI. You don't do that. You need a two hour one so that it'll go further into it and you can actually see if the sugar levels are high. A one hour one, it's not going to be high because it's too soon that right. you get results back. It ain't, it ain't, you know, settled in or nothing. But I'm surprised, you know, um, because I know when, because diabetes runs on both sides of my family. So mine was the two, I had, I had to do the two hour mm -hmm. and then they did the four hour or something like that. Cause I, I had to take it's it a home. One hour one, a two hour one, and then a four hour one. Yeah, cause I had to take it home. Cause I, they asked me what flavor I want. I said, give me the orange, cause it tastes like mm -hmm. orange Fanta. So I took it home and I had to drink. I had to get up because I had to drink it at eight o'clock. No, seven o'clock in the morning because my appointment was at eleven. No, wait. Either way it goes, I had to do it twice. Mm -hmm. I had to, the two. I did it at sixteen weeks. And then I did it again, I think it like 20 weeks or something like that, because I had to have an amniocentesis with my son. Uh, where they put the long the needle that's like this long. In your, in your navel. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I had bought out just girl, he gets on my last nerve. So now we roll to the end of the show. We're in our final thoughts. So let me say this. Again, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mother's Day is Sunday. Again, these are topics that we have to address. Stillbirths, miscarriages, it all affects your mental health. Anytime you're having, if you're pregnant and you're having issues and if one doctor doesn't see you, go to another one. These doctors don't care. They just, especially if you don't have insurance, if you're on Medicaid, whatever, you're really not going to get the proper care you need. And I'm speaking from experience. You know, especially, you know, pregnancy, even after you deliver your baby and it goes to the pediatricians, you know, they don't care. But stillbirth is, is real. You know, for, we rank 43% higher than white women when it comes to infant mortality, infant and maternal mortality. So we're having more women, more black women die in childbirth. We're having more babies die in childbirth black women so look for other resources search other avenues whatever it is you have to do to save your baby's life nicole went through a lot and right now you know she cannot speak any further because it is a pending lawsuit so no she did not reveal the names of nurses or nurses assistants or CNAs or what is MAs due to the, the pending legal action that's going on. 
So I want to say thank you for you coming on and sharing your story tonight. I think this I think this is absolutely something that we needed. Um you're the voice for someone else that's has gone through it or is currently going through it. There's no timeline on the grief. So I want you to know that there is no timeline on grief. You take all the time you need. All the time you need. And before I turn it over to her, don't forget, y'all, every Tuesday, every Thursday night, you know Black Girl Interrupted goes live. 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Y'all know you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I am available on all the streaming platforms. Subscribe to your girl on YouTube. Run them subscribes up. Come on, get you, let your girl help your girl get monetized. You know, but uh, don't forget Sunday is Mother's Day, so you guys know I'm doing my Mother's Day special. So don't forget to get your pictures in. Um, please have them into me. What's today? Thursday. Please have them into me by Saturday at twelve noon, so I can go ahead and get the collage together because I want to shout out some amazing moms. I want to let you know that I love you. I want to let you know that you are appreciated. And I want to let you know that everything you do in the world does not go unrecognized, especially by me. So don't forget, I will post. Um, I will share the post again. Black Girl Interrupted 1, the number one at gmail.com is the email where I would like for you to email those pictures. If you want to send them to me in my DM, that's fine. But I really prefer for you to send them to me in an email so I can save them and I can just upload them and go ahead and create the collage. So, Nicole, I'm going to let you go ahead and end the show. What are your final thoughts for tonight? Um, As far as what? The whole or just what advice? What do you want to say to a woman that has experienced what you have gone through. What do you want to say to her? What do you want to tell her? Um, just I would I would just say just uh, uh, just try not to you know let yourself stay in that dark place forever. You know, if you got a strong support system. Let them know that they appreciate it so, you know, they don't feel unappreciated, you know, because you could be upset one day and they try to come around and help you and you take it out on them, you know, just, you know, try to be strong. And like I tell people all the time, say this one, this one prayer and I promise you it's going to get you through. Just ask God to give you the strength. To get through this situation, and I promise you, he gonna walk with you every step of the way. Mm. Every step of the way. And if you ain't never been strong before, it's gonna help you become strong. Amen. You better say that. So again, I do want to say thank you for coming on Black Girl Interrupted tonight. I absolutely, absolutely enjoyed the conversation. I absolutely commend you for having the strength to come on here and share your story and be vulnerable with 
the world, you know, let people know this is what it looks like, man. It's it's real, you know. It yeah. happened to her. It could happen to anybody. So don't forget. And that's the thing when it happened. When it happened to me, like. I didn't know that, you know, people go through stuff like that. I didn't even know that that was real. Like, you see it on movies and stuff, but I ain't never think it was, it happened in real life until it happened to me. And, like, days later, I got on social media and I started seeing it, like, every day, every day, every day. And I was just like, this stuff is real. This is real. And I, I just, I just was like, yeah, it's time for me to to get up and, and and I gotta get get with the program. You got the you got the move. I gotta get with the program, like, and it, it I, I that that whole situation, it really it it made me who I am. Strong because I was childish, didn't care about nothing my answer to everything was let's fight that 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 was just my solution for everything i just want to fight and, and after, fight. after that happened i like my whole mentality my whole mind frame just changed right drastically not not a little bit drastically and it was just I, I had to get prepared for it people gonna you know people gonna use your situation against you they gonna say look Eve, put it you gotta put it in your mind and in your heart I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna fall into that that's what they want me to do right but I'm proud of you yeah you know I constantly will keep you in prayer and you already know if you need me, you know I'm a phone call away. You know that. If you just need yeah. to talk, if you just need to cry, whatever it is you need to do, you already know my number. Hit that, hit that phone right now. You know, hit it. Hit that number, and we can talk, we can laugh, we can cry, whatever it is we need to do. Because, you know, we'd be on the phone three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours if we need to be. <laughs> you know, if if I need to put something together over here and cook and, and you and Reese come over here or whatever, we need to get some people together and we need to just have a sister sisterhood moment, let's do it. Whatever it is we got to do to keep you going. Yeah. So, on that note, again... I love y'all. I will see y'all Sunday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for Black Girl Interrupted's first annual Mother's Day special. Don't forget, every Tuesday, y'all, every Thursday, subscribe to me. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the streaming platforms. So, again, y'all, show my girl Nicole some love. Um, I definitely, again, I appreciate you for being on here tonight. And I yeah. love y'all. Thank y'all for all the love, the support. Thank y'all for everybody that tuned in, everybody that commented, everybody that sent some love. You're definitely appreciated. And I will see y'all Sunday at 4 o'clock. So, love y'all. Holla.
Get the hell on. Don't forget y'all wash your hands and wash your ass, y'all, because COVID is still real. Shit. Y'all got to remember. And stay the hell away from me. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy.